Hello, all of you Bulletproof Marketer fans out there. It's your host, Christopher Tompkins, and you are listening to one of our classic BPM episodes. So I hope you enjoy. everybody and welcome to the Social Marketing Academy. Chris Tompkins here, your fearless host. Uh, today we have such a cool show. Um, it's a topic that we haven't covered but something that a lot of you have expressed interest out there um, and that is AI for advertising. So um, we're going to be talking about that with my go-to expert in that which is Vance Reavy. Um, Vance will be um, coming on in a minute and I'll tell you a little bit more about him. He, you guys pose um, a few questions that we um, chose to use as fodder for the show. So we will be covering those today. Um, but if you are a new um, watcher, viewer, or listener to our uh, podcast, um, welcome. Uh, we, come, we come live once a week and I want to share the biggest and brightest experts in my own network with you. So you can learn firsthand what we're seeing, trends in the online marketing world, as well as the offline marketing world. So on today's show, oh, sorry, what I want to tell you also is make sure to view our website. My agency is called The Go Agency. So our website is called gosalesandmarketing.com, gosalesandmarketing.com. There's a podcast page right on there, and you can watch all the past shows. You can listen to them. You can connect with the experts. And here's something else, too. Do you want to meet any of the experts on any of the shows? Just send me um, a message via our website and I will be happy to do an introduction with anybody that's on there or just use your social media links and reach out yourself. So this is all for you. So check that out. Also, we have an e-course on the website and our blog is packed with information, including my Forbes articles. So let me tell you a little bit more about our guest today, okay? So Vance Reavy is a serial entrepreneur with over 20 years experience in the tech and marketing sector. His superhero skill is bridging the needs of marketing sales and other client facing teams with the tech and engineering teams to find fit for purpose solutions. Vance's first business was a web design and development company founded in 1999 in Wellington, New Zealand and sold at the 2000 tech boom peak. Since then, he has gone on to create a highly profitable web hosting company and an e-commerce transaction management business. He's been all over the world, folks. He has lived and worked in Canada, Australia, New Zealand, Panama, Brazil, and Costa Rica prior to setting up his latest venture, Junction AI, which we'll ask him a little bit more about when we get him in the, in the room. He's also a um, contributor, like myself, to Forbes, and his specialty is writing on marketing and AI. So let's bring Vance in so we can, everyone can meet him and we can begin learning just a little bit more about AI for advertising, uh, which is a topic that you pose a lot of questions. So I'm just kind of sifting through and, and getting like the top five folks. All right. Hey, Vance, he's here. Welcome to Social Marketing Academy. Hi, great to be here today. Good to see you, Christopher. Yes, yes, yes. Um, uh, so I, I kind of give you, gave you a little, I gave everyone listening and watching a little bit of background on um, your expertise, but can you just talk a little bit more, introduce yourself to the audience? Yeah, great. Sure. Um, thanks for that. Yeah, so I've been uh, working now in tech and marketing for probably over 20 years. And, um, you know, I really got into it at the start of the digital revolution when e-commerce was just kicking off and all that. And, um, 
you know, had a, had a company sale already back in 2000 at the peak of that tech boom. And that really set me on a path for my future and got me into, you know, really getting into the digital economy and how tech can help marketing achieve more. And that's really where Junction AI came out of my, my current business, where we use um, artificial intelligence to analyze customers and audiences so we know what they want and what they're demanding so we can help marketers. And, and I'm so glad that you're here to talk about this subject today because I had a call earlier with one of my, one of our clients and it was it was all down to audience. They were saying, well, how do I know who I'm going to be selling to? And, you know, there was a time when it's kind of like, well, look at your book of business and, you know, who are you selling to and what's your target demographic? And, and it's kind of a lot of people don't understand that you can utilize AI to tap into finding that information in a much more granular way than taking that 2000 foot view at an audience like you would like in the more traditional ways. Do you agree? Yeah, I agree. I agree with you 100% there. I think what's really exciting about what's happening right now is the the availability of AI to the average business person, the average marketer now has really changed that. And it's meant that we can still benefit from that, that top level view where we have those personas and we have that understanding of our brand. We know who we want our customer to be or we think our, we want our customer to be. But now we can really fill in a lot of the blanks that we had to more or before and, and check our assumptions as well and maybe some of our own biases by saying we have this ability now to harness audience data so we can actually really understand what they care about most, what, what brings them to engage, what makes them do that click or put that in the basket and buy it or you know, whatever it is. So we, you know, it, it makes a really tight relationship you know, between the top of funnel and bottom of the funnel in that sense too. So it's, it's powerful to help marketers really understand that audience better, which of course means they make better decisions, better campaign spends, you know, more, effective, more effective spends and, and better results on that spend. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And I think that that's one of the things that a lot of people don't understand when they're thinking about advertising. And I mean, there's, I, I want to get to the questions, but obviously I want a soapbox. I have a, I have a soapbox moment. And it's kind of one of those things where, you know, you have a, a client will come to you and say, okay, I have a thousand dollars for um, advertising. Um, just, uh, you know, get traffic to my website. I'm like, okay, great. Um, well, who do you want to target? I just, you know, people are going to buy it. Yeah, you know, they have breath in their lungs. They're going to buy it. I'm like, well, I can't, I can't, I can't target to a, a two-year-old baby in North Dakota. I mean, who's going to, who's your actual audience? And they forget that audience is one of the key components because your ad can look beautiful. It can read beautiful. It can just be the coolest thing ever. But if it's not targeted in the right way, it's useless. I mean, that's spot on. And that's where, I mean, that's really where, uh, our passion at Junction AI is we're really looking, you know, you can look at a lot of different data. You can look at spend data, you can look at demographics, you can look at all kinds of different data and, and come up with really useful intelligent automations. But we're really focused on understanding that, that creative. So why does the audience want to engage in this creative, you know, the video, the text, whatever it is, why are they, why are they engaging in this one? Why is that one making them take the action that we hope them to take as a marketer? And whereas this one didn't. And, you know, we can spend a lot of time in the settings in Google and Facebook, you know, who we're targeting the times of day, the countries, the languages, all those sorts of things. But the reality is if we don't have that creative right at the beginning, that audience isn't going to engage to begin with, which says we have a disconnect in our marketing. What we thought was going to bring them in to get those sales or get that brand awareness or whatever we're looking at, mm -hmm. you know, it isn't. So we have to check our assumptions and go back to the beginning. So it's all like the 101 and go back to the beginning and find out what does the audience care about? What are they demand? 
what are they, sorry, what are they demanding so that right. we can then align our creative to make sure that we're capturing the right audience who are going to take those actions? Well, this is going to, this is probably going to be like a nice little segue into one of the first questions, because I think we've already, we've already squeezed this question a little bit in terms of answering it. But uh, one of the questions from the audience was, how can I generate more traffic, engagement, and sales from ads? Yeah, so we get this, we get this question. I mean, this has got to be one of the most common questions we get all the time. And sure. I think, it, you know, it, it especially comes from maybe the smaller businesses and the mid-tier businesses, because it is just so intensely competitive and they don't have the big budgets that, you know, the Fortune 1000 have and, and those sorts. So they really need to make every dollar count. Um, and I, you know, I, I go right back to that same point. Well, you know, you're selling something or you're trying to raise awareness. Um, what do you know about your customer? Let's start there. What do you think you know about your customer? Because likely we'll dispel a few myths pretty quickly about that. Um, what, you know, also yeah. then we have to look at like, you know, what, what, what creative are you using? Are you just using, you know, something that you've used for the last three years, you've had it on autopilot or whatever it is, you know, right. have you refreshed it because your audience is dynamic. They change, trends change, you know, they move on in their life cycle and life stages. You know, are you moving with them? Or are you bringing in the new audience? So we, we like to look at, you know, we like to bring it right back to that start of that journey and say like, all right, do you know what your audience wants from you? First of all, because maybe you're not giving them the right impression. You know, you're not going to capture that traffic otherwise. Okay. So I'm going to take, I'm going to take the recording of your answer and share it with 10 clients. The, uh, you know, it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's exactly right. It's one of those things where, um, uh, we worked. We worked on a campaign a few years ago, and one of the one of the things was that they didn't want us to handle the advertising because they had a, a firm that was doing that. They just wanted us to handle all of the writing, the creative, engagement, organic stuff. Cool, fine, no problem. Um, but then I saw what the ads were running, and they said, "Well, these ads are just they're delivering so much traffic." And I'm like, "Wonderful. Are you making any money off of them? Are you getting their email addresses? Are you converting anybody?" And they're like, "No. Well, we're told that they're high performing, and it's like, well, there's." You, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think they're high-performing ads, but why don't you take that and then aim it at the right audience and then maybe change the creative so they actually deliver? Because yeah. performing, there's a lot of ways that ads can perform, um, but, you know. It's spot on because it's, it's almost like that, it's almost like that, um, the tyranny of the metrics in the sense that we are so, you know, as marketers, we have so many dashboards with so many metrics on them that we can really easily come up with a nice metrics report. And it's very easy to say, wow, you know, if you're the brand on the other end and wow, our impressions just went from a million to 10 million or whatever it is. I mean, that's, that sounds incredibly impressive. And then we start looking a little deeper. Well, how many clicks did that actually get? Then how many sales did that actually get? And, you know, for every dollar spent, are we actually getting ahead of what we were before? Um, because you're right. If you're not actually getting the intended result from it, then you know it's it's really an ego trip. All those other stats and all those other metrics, because that's not going to pay the bills. It's not. It's like when I when I say to a lot of clients when they say, well, uh, when they when they pose a question, prospect we're prospects during the like, discovery phase, and they're saying, well, what's the ROI of this campaign? And I say, well, listen, there's two different ROIs. There's the return on influence and the return on investment. So the investment portion is going to be based on the conversions that we we set up prior. To launching yeah. the campaign and the influence is going to be how many people we reach so those some, some of those vanity metrics do do matter if they're focused yeah. on visibility but at the same time if it's all one and not the other it doesn't really it's not marketing <laughs> you know what i mean it's it's, it's really one-sided i know what you mean yeah and i mean and i think the role you know marketing is i think there's been a lot of change in marketing over the years i mean as we all know but 
it, that attribution now marketers, I mean, it used to be, you know, sales was in charge of sales and marketing was in charge of marketing and marketing was a cost center, sales was a revenue center. But with, with so much sold online direct now, marketing is a revenue center. The fact, you know, it is the fastest growing revenue center. Nobody is more in touch with the audience, the customer, and then taking them to that sale point or making them have that sale point. You know, I don't just mean e-commerce in a sense, but like you said, signing up for the newsletter or signing up for more information or that demo appointment, whatever it is. But marketing is the one in touch with all of that now, which makes the marketer's role more critical to that whole funnel, that whole flow than it ever was before. And, and yeah, aligning those, the, the vanity metrics, that's right, that brand awareness metric, whatever it is, the engagement metrics, they, that represents bringing it into the funnel, but it all starts with making sure you're bringing the right ones into the funnel, because if you didn't, you know, you're still not going to get those, those flow on effects um, further down the funnel. Also, I mean, how are you supposed to even set an ad budget if you don't know what your customer acquisition cost is? You yeah. know what I mean? It's, it's, it's hard. And you know what's really interesting, though? And I don't think I'm, I think I'm preaching to the converted here. I mean, when you ask, if you ask, on a, if you ask a client at any point, what's their, cost, what's their cost per customer? They can never answer that. Like, it's, I would say it's like a 99% non-answerable question. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, but the thing is that it could be, you know, based off of what's happening right in front of your eyes. Yeah, you know, it could be. Um, I think probably there's there's a lot of challenges because there's so many ways to measure. Uh, or yeah. There's so many other scales that we have or ratios or, you know, other metrics that we use to measure that in different ways, you know, opportunity to sales and qualified leads and marketing qualified leads. And the list goes on and on and on that. It's almost like we can cherry pick which ones we want to use at any given time without necessarily having that discipline to say, you know, if we were in finance, you know, it, the accounting industry is pretty much standardized how we report our sales, how we report revenue, right. cost of goods, all that sort of stuff. But marketing, we're, we have so many more slices of being able to report on that, that it does make it maybe a little difficult for people outside looking in going, well, yeah, what was the impact? What was the bottom line impact of that? And um, I think as we get more disciplined in that, though, because we have more tools now with more data that are connecting in and allowing us to, to get to that, get to the heart of that data, I guess, um, that does give us the opportunity to clarify out and demonstrate the value marketing brings to a brand, you know, be an agency or direct to brand either way. But, you know, you can, it, that demonstration of value is getting clearer and clearer. And I think that's going to be really important because that puts our focus much more onto, well, what worked and why did it work? Answering the why question is right. just so critical. I mean, we can, we can churn out new creative all day long. It's great fun creating new videos, you know, content creation is an incredibly creative thing to do. And, and satisfying, but why did one work and why didn't the other work? And if we can answer that, then we're really starting to get to the to the most critical thing that the marketer can do. Right, no, I completely agree with you. Um, okay, another question from the audience. What data do I need? Um, and when do I know that I have enough? Yeah, so, you know, this is an interesting part of AI because we all listen to, you know, we've got the media reporting self-driving cars and all this sort of stuff and how it takes years of data collection and millions and millions of lines of code. And, right. You know, it's not a surprise, but we have to remember, and, you know, this is dealing with something that, you know, we, we ideally don't want cars hitting people and, and doing that sort of nasty stuff and causing accidents. So there's an awful lot needed to make sure it's 99.999999, you know, to the nth degree, perfect. Luckily in marketing, most of the time our ads aren't probably going to kill someone. So we are able to use um, a lot smaller data and still come up with really interesting um, results and insights for the for, for marketers. So, you know, um, we designed our own system at Junction to look at, well, what's the minimal amount of data to at least give a marketer some quick answers and a direction. 
It doesn't mean it's going to be 100% accurate all of the time. But you know, what do we have today that is? We don't. We go out there and we do A-B testing, live experimentation, maybe six weeks of spending money to really discover what should be right for the client and how what creative works and what settings work. So if we can bring that back and say, you know, even off a minimum of, we will, we'll go with as few as five ads with 100 impressions. We can create a model off of that. Now, granted, we'd like to see more data, but as a starting point to say, you know what, you've got the wrong product model and the wrong product color for that ad, or you have the wrong expression on people's faces. You know what, you want love and togetherness, not individuals, or, you know, you need a nurse in that photo, or you need a sports person in this photo, or whatever it is, change copy from shop to buy. If we can give a direction to get them moving towards that target of getting their audience correct and getting the right data then to improve their, you know, their future marketing, we're setting up that, that virtuous circle effect, you know, that journey that keeps getting them better and better all the way. Okay. So what you said there that really jumps out to me, and I want to like, I just want to throw a highlighter on top of it is something that I kind of bring up anytime I'm talking with, uh, with someone in my network that has like an agency, um, people will come to us and they think that it's just like, oh, you guys are the, you're, you're the wizard. So uh, as soon as like I pay you, you'll give me the audience today, right? Yeah. Um, it, what you said is we're gonna do six weeks of testing to really identify what is going to be the best way of going. And you do have to spend some money during that test. It's very much like when someone comes on as a client for us, we have to spend a month putting our hands in the soil, looking at what's going on, what's the message, what's the narrative, what's the audience, what's the, what's the conversion point, does it work? How are we gonna track it? It's when you're hiring somebody, understand that there's a process before the result. It's not just an instant result. I'm not selling you popcorn at the movies. I'm actually shooting the film in the back lot right now. I'm trying to figure out what's going to go, what's going to happen. And so I think it's really important for people to get their expectations correct when they're going to an expert. We know how to find the solution. We don't have the instant solution. Because I've had someone talk to me, um, I do lots of consulting, and one of my consulting clients said, well, um, so can you just let me know, okay, can you just, I'll write this down. What's my target audience? I mean, I, we're, we're just dating. I mean, I just, I, this is our second appointment. I don't know what your audience is. I can't just pull it out. And they're like, well, you can go on Facebook and just like choose stuff. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. I, I can also go into a crowd of people and throw a net over a bunch of them and say, there, I've got an audience. You know, it, it's about as, in, it's probably got as much um, intellectual rigor. Yeah, uh, absolutely, right? Um, okay, another question for you. But I, I'll just jump yeah. in on that one, though. I, sure, I, may sure. have, I may have misled you there. One of the things, uh, that, that discovery process, that is like the cost and time area, you know, that you guys, you know, as an agency person and, you know, as a marketer, that's enormously um, time, time consuming and expensive. And you're using your, you know, you're using the brand's money in that time. And there's an opportunity cost in that time. When you're not of using course. it on the best optimized media, then they're not getting, you know, they haven't ramped up their spending. So what we've really focused on using, this is why we went to the AI solution is saying, how can we cut that discovery time down massively right. um, and that process massively? And now, a, like I said, AI is a journey, but when I meant the six weeks there, I actually meant the traditional way of doing it. With gotcha. our AI, what we're able to do is plug into your Google or your Facebook ad accounts or other, other types of data as well, like TikTok and that. Within a couple hours, and this is the amazing part of wow. our system, within a couple hours, we will have an audience model built for you, just like that, using all your audience data. That is really, it's a, it's a simulator of what your audience, it is your virtual audience simulator because it's based on your first party data. We only use first party data. Yeah. 
within a couple hours already, we can bring up insights about your audience, test your ads, um, optim you know, help you optimize, test competitors' ads to figure out what they're doing and saying that would work for your audience. This can all happen on day one. Wow. So that's a major cut of that time and cost an agency faces to learning or when they bring that new team member on and they don't know this brand, they don't know any of these new brands. They got five new, 10 new brands that they've got to manage as part of that new job. How do right. we cut that time down to get them going day one? And we've been able to prove that with our own people who are not you know, experts in sports or experts in every brand that we work with or mm -hmm. agency we work with. But on day one, they already can see, oh yeah, the audience would prefer it in this color. The audience would prefer this word instead. You know, mm -hmm. if you're describing pain, use these words instead of pain or whatever it is. That's a right. huge way to leapfrog a lot of that time and cost. Wow, that's great. Yeah, yeah that's, see, that, see that's, that's a really good point. I'm glad that you jumped in there um, because I know how long that process takes without using that. So uh, that's why I said that. So that you could, you're able to do that in a couple hours. That's really super impressive. Yeah. Um, that's a big time saving folks. Um, another one question from the audience is AI taking away my creativity or my job? I yeah. I mean, you know, this is, I, I, I have to feel for everybody in this one because again, you know, in the media, we just see constant reports about the, you know, the number of jobs lost and to, to intelligent automation and, you know, is AI coming from my job next? And we get this when we talk to agencies and brands, especially the creative people knowing we work on the creative side, you know, they're worried that like, well, is, is AI going to then just start writing for me? Or is the AI just going to go and create images? And there's some AIs that can do that, but I, I've really taken, you know, in, in my years of experience in doing this now and working with brands, there is no replacing the brand marketer, be it at the agency or in-house, you know, you cannot replace that human who um, their job will change. Don't get me wrong. And I'll, t I'll mention, you know, talk a little bit about that, but you cannot replace that at uh, that way of human understanding of how we interpret the world around us, that creative, you know, do we see humor in it? What's the nuance of it? Things like that. The AI doesn't have that smart yet. Where the AI adds value though, and this is where we should be you know, thinking about it from our positions as marketers is that how much of the grunt work of going through analytics data do we do now or AdWords data or Facebook data? Yeah. Like how much time do we spend trying to find metrics in there? But we don't know what's going below those metrics. We can't, we do not have the budget or the time to put a data science to pull all that data to Google and start looking for relationships in there. I can call that, you know, the grunt work, whatever you want to call it, it doesn't matter. But if we right. use an AI intelligently there, then that frees us up as marketers to strategize the high value activity, the directional activity, and making sure like we get as much freedom in our creativity as possible, knowing that that's exactly what's going to work as well. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. Um, and uh, it's, it's interesting too, because I've seen that with some of the things that we've done over the years. Because one of the things that we don't do a lot at the Go Agency is we don't automate a lot of things because being organic, we have to be, but we're doing digital listening. That's all AI. We're doing, you know what I mean? There's a lot of things that we're doing. We're in, in, in guess what? Google alerts is like a form of it. You know exactly. what I mean? It, like it, it's everyone's using it and they don't even know a lot of the time. And that, that's that fear factor we've got to get over. Like I talk to people all the time. It's like when you're using Google maps to get directions and someone is giving you a few options, that's an AI. When you're getting predictive, you know, when it's predicting what words you're going to type in, that's an AI. So we're using it every day and we're actually using it very efficiently and finding ways, you know, to be very, very effective with it. So it's really more about finding how we use it in our jobs and enhancing our roles. 
Absolutely. And, and, and also, it's kind of one of those things where people will, uh, I'll talk about advertising and we'll talk about retargeting and pixels and that kind of thing. And they'll be like, oh, is that one of those ads that after I go to go to Amazon, I'll see the Amazon the, uh, everywhere I go. I think that's very creepy. And I said, but did you buy the shoes? Exactly. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, one of the things that this is really, you know, it's brought up in the, the, the AI and the job scare thing is also the silos. Like, you know, it challenges in our jobs, it challenges the traditional way of organizing in marketing or in agencies where we have these silos of media buying, creative strategy, and maybe we have an analytics unit, depending on how big the, the agency is or the brand is. But um, data doesn't really care about these silos. And the answers that we can get from these, the, from the data, the insights and predictions that AI can bring up, they transcend that traditional way of having these individual little spots in our workflow where we silo off. And I think that's going to be one of our job challenges as well, saying like, how do we transcend out of these silos so we're taking advantage of the data so we get these results? Like, it doesn't matter if analytics has all this wonderful data, but a creative can't find a way to use it or access it or benefit from it, or the media buyers don't get any of the information on it. Like, it has to be seamless and across all those silos. I, and I, and I, I completely agree with you. It's one of those things where, um, there's so much information that's available, but none of the information is comprehensive. So you have to, and this is one of the things that um, a client will say, hey, can you just pull a report? And I'm just like, well, slow your roll, homie, because I have to go 400 different places to get your data. Exactly. And because uh, they, then they're like, well, well, I pulled this one report. Why doesn't it look like the analytics report from Facebook? And it's like, well, it's because there's different methods of pulling these reports. And it, it is, there's no one part, like I don't have, if I'm doing, Social media scheduling, for example, there's not one full solution. I have to use multiple yeah. solutions. Yeah. It's, it, and yet it's, so many people have invested so much money. And this is, you know, my tech side. I've worked in tech so long. So many projects I've been on and so many places I've seen invest so much money in data warehouses, massive data warehouses, data management systems, customer data platforms, huge investments in these areas. But, you know, it has to be useful and practical to those front end client facing people, you know, the agencies who are managing those brands, they need to be able to capture that data and make it useful or, you know, whoever it is in that role. It can't be something that is just stored away somewhere in the organization and only those with the special keys can somehow use this magical data that's back in this warehouse, wherever it is and whatever it does. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to be way more practical and fit for purpose. A marketer needs, you know, marketers don't have weeks to wait for a data scientist to go away as a project, come back with some results. If they're going with a campaign today, they need to know what the audience cares about today. It's, it's got to happen faster. It can't, it can't rely on the sort of traditional processes. I, I completely agree with you. And I think even going one step further in kind of like a tangential kind of way uh, with, with the audience data that you get, why, it, when people are going out, when marketers are going out and they're going to put something on social, they're going to write a blog, they're going to do an email blast, Assuming who your audience is before going into that, uh, that creative process without any baseline data is a bad move. Like yeah. having, making assumptions on your audience that you've already formulated is different than making an assumption as to, okay, I have, um, it's a cosmetic, so girls, it's pink, so maybe 15 to 25, go. Yeah. And it's, that's not, that's, that's, you need a little bit more data. And like with the services that you, you offer, this, that's like, that's like bread and butter baseline yep. strategy that you can use. That data can be used for everything in terms of your marketing. Exactly. That's exactly it. And, you know, and, and, and jumping to that assumption right there, you know, mm -hmm. saying, oh, it's a cosmetic and it suits that age group. I mean, that's exactly what we need to either prove or disprove, but you know, it's interesting. Like, so there's two things in that one is, 
I don't need I don't need an AI to know that that's a good you know potentially a good co cohort for selling a cosmetic to. But you know what? All my competitors know that too. Everybody knows that. So I don't have anything that differentiates my brand or my marketing campaign or anything that's going to dive deeper, expand my audience, find a new hook to that sale. So that's, this is, and this is where the power of AI comes into that. If we put an AI across all that data, so, you know, do some machine learning on it, we're going to pull out other strong relationships in that data that we can use. And if we're using our own first party data, we're pulling out the relationships within our own data that say our customers actually care about, or our audience cares about this specifically. So it might be, yep, we might have the right cohort, the right segment, all that sort of stuff, but that they actually care about this feature of the product or this benefit of the product as it relates to maybe, um, you know, a healthy glow that is something else. You know, I, I don't know the specific benefit, but right, we right. can really narrow down that feature point that they care about and want to have a discussion or have an engagement over, as opposed to generally saying, oh, that age group love cosmetics and they buy a lot. Well, mm -hmm. everyone knows that, so we got to move past that. Yeah, it's, it's, and it's interesting too, because I have a, I, there's an example of a client that I was working with before and they had a, um, it was a bicycle brand and the, the bicycle, all the ads, all the website, everything was girls that looked that really pretty model girls that were probably like between 18 and 21, um, all pastels, really super girly. It was selling to women over 50. And that was, uh, that was their entire audience. And yeah. it was kind of like, <laughs> was it did they like those pictures or does the, the bike or it's 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 like based off of the advertising we were finding out that all the ads were pushing to people that were over 50. interesting and yeah it was really interesting but again it's kind of it's it's through that testing phase that you can really see what is correct and maybe that is the right image that you want to to, to hook that audience, who knows? It may be, there might be something about that image that works. And that's why, that's where you're having that ability to go over data at such high volume and speed. We can, we can start getting some answers as to why. It might be the fact that they have very happy facial expressions and that's just very engaging for us. And therefore we, you know, we see ourselves in that, whether our age is young or old or anything like that, right? It could, you know, could be the pastel colors. It might just be that product is absolutely amazing and the packaging just pops. I don't know, but there's a why to it and we have to discover the why in order to have a more successful relationship with that audience. Um, and then we also get the cases as well where advertising just doesn't work for the client and their data isn't going to help them. And that's, you know, that's an issue too because, you know, there's not every campaign is going to work. It's just that it's just the way it is, right? Yeah. Uh, but, but again, like you said, like you have to start somewhere. And so even having audience data that says it didn't work, well, that's at least a baseline to know what didn't work. So all you can do then is get better. You can use what you worked, what you had in that data and go, well, you know what? Okay, that, that wasn't bringing in the right, the right opportunity. That was bringing in people looking for something, but we're actually trying to sell something else. Okay, we, we now know which direction we can go. And so, you know, you, again, you're setting a baseline at least so that you know, you're, you know what improvement looks like and you're going to know what success looks like. You know what not to do. Right. And that's, that can be as, as important as actually having really good data right away to work with. So, you know, we, we don't like to turn away anybody from the data point of view. As long as they've got some data, knowing what you didn't, what you what wasn't working is going to be equally valuable in getting you on the right path. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, okay, another question from the audience. At what point in our workflow do we use AI predictions and insights? Yeah, so, I mean, this is, this is an exciting one because, you know, we've seen transformation in so many different sectors based on whatever the latest tech development is and the latest data development and AI machine learning is just one of those. It is, you know, it's a tool. 
And it is challenging the way we've traditionally worked. So one of those issues I touched on a little earlier was um, the silos. We have this way of developing creative and you know, selling ads and buying ads and doing that whole process. Um, we've been doing this for a while. So you know, we, we have a process already. So people want to know, like, when should I be using it? Well, here's the, here's the exciting thing about AI. Why This is really what got me into it and where Junction AI came from is that as marketers, we have all this fantastic data that tells us how things worked. Great. Yeah. That's fantastic. That's pro. That's reactive. How do I make it proactive? So what we what we really like to say is the challenge is going to be is looking at your existing workflow and saying, how do I bring the insights or the analytics that we develop into the front of that process? So right at that campaign brief or the strategy side, we're understanding right then what the audience cares about and why. So that drives then our creative brief. And then from there, we can flow on to that to say, well, the, you know, the creative, they're developing these images or videos or copy. And then the media buyers, you know, from there, they know what settings to use because, oh, no, we know what our audience cares about. We know who they are. We know much more about them. So we can be much better about those, those settings, too, on the platforms when we go do that buy. And, and then we have a lens, a better lens as well, to look at the, the, the metrics, the performance metrics, the historical data that we're going to generate. We have a better lens to look at that because we can say, well, we, we know what we started with, with the strategy. We thought the customer cared about this. We thought these were their triggers in the creative that would get them to take the action. Now we can say, how did, how did that work? How did it specifically work when we said, put the boy in the blue t-shirt in there and the balloon? Now we know the balloon nailed it, but the blue t-shirt didn't seem to work. The boy may be wrong, whatever, but the balloon for some reason really, really worked. We don't, so let's figure out why. So we, we have a path to that continuous improvement that's evidence-based as opposed to, well, I don't know, let's try this one out. Let's try this one out. Let's just go spend some more money to find out what worked. Right. No, I, I, I agree with you there too. And I think it's, uh, it's a, I think, oh, well, here's a, here's a kind of like a follow-up question. How about this? What if I'm a new, uh, I'm a company that's def, uh, that is, a, is preparing for a launch. What is, the, and I don't, I've never placed ads. I'm kind of, a, I did some, I did some um, market research, but I really didn't do that much. Um, I just have a, a, I have a, in my gut, I know who's going to be using this product. How do you approach a client like that? Because there's a lot of clients that, that are like that. Yeah, I mean, and that you're right. That's normally what they'll come in, come into, and say, "Yeah, we know who our audience is. We know who we want to target." And it's like, okay, I'm not going to argue with you about that from a personal point of view at all. Nope, nope, not going to happen. What we are going to say is, "All right, well, if you haven't got any advertising data, the most useful place to start is, you know, do you have a website? Do you have social? You know, do you have organic social? Let's look at the data there, especially the website data." Let's look at that data and bring that in. And let's just do a little testing on some of your imagery and some of your copy and then see what the AI is bringing back for some predictions and insights. So we can either validate that you're, you're on target or at least use the data then to say, mm, you might need a little adjustment to your thinking on that target. Why don't you try some of these areas or, or look to this space? A another tool that we use, you know, we do two things. One, we have a creative sandbox. And we just kind of created it as a spot where you could just drop in a photo or video or whack in some test and hit go. And all we do then is strip all the data off that. And we basically tell you, what, is this, what does this look like to an AI platform? So, you know, Google and Facebook, they're big AI platforms, but, um, you know, we, we just, you know, we want to solve those arguments between marketers or people in the marketing team. That's, you know, I look at one image and I think we're selling this and you look at it and you think it's selling this. All right. What is it? Or does it validate our brand? Let's just take a read of everything in that image. Like it's a table there, there's a tree, there's whatever it is. Let's right. bring some meaning to that. And let's give you some insights on what did that, what are we seeing in this so that you can say, yeah, that did mean happy, wonderful travel, adventure, family trip, or 
otherwise. And, and then you get at least some answers right at the beginning. That can then be your best way to get into collecting the right audience data when you do start your advertising. So you, you almost like have got yourself pre-aligned to an audience you know, before, before you make any mistakes down or, or you know, spend too much money trying to figure it out. We get that a lot though, that's really common. And competitor testing is another one we use all the time. Like, you know, you've got competitors, let's look at their creative, let's run it through our system and let's pull out what the most important concepts yep. when you're a competitor creative, because that's a good proxy, a lookalike for you to kick off on your own as well. And then when you get your audience mm -hmm. data going, we can tell you why that worked or why it didn't. See, and that's, and that's really smart because one of the things that you've been, you've been saying throughout uh, this whole, the whole time we've been talking is testing. We can try this and we can A-B test and we can split test. And, and, and that is part of it. You know, it, it's, it's because um, we've had clients before that um, were really successful with display advertising in magazines, print magazines. And uh, they wanted to basically get their print ads and turn them into ads on Facebook. And I, I said, well, you know, are you sure that this is what you want to go with? We can test it. So basically they wanted to get the same ad and just throw it on there. And they were expecting the same level of success that they would get in a magazine, which it's not always the case ever, maybe. Um, but they, um, we, we, that, they, they said all of our photos must have the, the product in this position at this angle and with these words. And what we did was we did exactly what they said. And then we did one that was completely different. And yeah. the one that was different was the one that was always going to win. And we yeah. do that a lot too, even with our clients, we'll run, um, what I say is I, I run the safe one, the kind of not safe one, and then the disruptor. And I want to yeah. see which one of those works. I, I like to do like three different, three different tests. Um, but sometimes it's the safe one that lands. It, again, though, this is based on the audience. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you know, it's it's really um in the end like there's so many other factors that are going to affect the performance of that ad it might it might you know there might be a hurricane in the southwest or storms in the northeast and you yeah. know who knows how it's going to change the reaction to that advertising that day but i think the key point about this is is saying we've got tools now that can harness that data so that we go into it with you know one we can be much quicker about getting to the what we think is the best point or that optimized point and using right. tools like ours or others we can you know, really quickly crunch that data and say within that day, you're already knowing whether you can optimize and whether it's going to have a, you know, we, we give people a confidence ratio on the results and a confident, a scoring precision. You know, if we say it's going to, you know, overperform your other ones by X percent, we'll say with 80% confidence or something like that. But we want to get them to that point really fast because that's the point of harnessing that data. So you can get that experimentation, yeah. those cues done quicker. So you're not going to spend months and you're going to spend days in it. But you know, and then, and then the other point of that is to remember an AI is an assistant in this case, your data is helping you and assisting you. It is not taking over that, that audience or that decision. Like the audience might go for the safe one, but you're going to see in your data from this, this capability of harnessing data, you're going to see other points that, you know, um, even if the safe one got, maybe just got more traffic, but maybe it got more higher value conversions. You know, maybe the price tag on those conversions were better than the ones from the safe ad, even though it didn't get as many. All right, then what did we learn from that? Because there's something in that that metric that we can apply to the whole campaign. And right. um, you know, and same with maybe you got more clicks or maybe the cost for the clicks are higher on this one, but lower on this one. Okay, why? Again, it's the why, because if we want to ramp that spend up and get more value from it, knowing the why part will help us know which way to direct as opposed to just going again into that same process. Yeah, I agree. Um... Now, one of the things that I think, because I, I, I would say that I use AI as counsel a lot. Like I, I use it as my counsel. So I want to confer with my data. 
and see what's going on. And I don't want to have to go mine that data. You got it for me, AI. Like it's it just, it's a, it's a, like a, it's like a wingman, so to speak. Yeah. But, um, but okay. So one of the things that I think a lot of people think when it comes to AI, especially when it comes to AI for advertising, that it's going to be like really costly because, yeah. um, you know, I'm already spending for an agency to design the ads and then I have to do the ad spend and now I have to do this. And that, I mean, that is it, isn't it too costly? What, 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 what's your, what's your take on that? But Come yeah, on. there's, there's two parts in that. And so one is that, that people just think it's going to be far too hard, let alone the budget, just far too okay. hard. And so we've spent most of our time and energy. My whole focus of my whole career is like, how do we make things fit for purpose? Like pick a use case and make it simple, as simple as possible. You yep. know, th- we could do everything we want with technology and that often what what's bogs us down. We get too much in there and it's too complex. So do something simple. So for our point of view, you got a manager ID or a client ID for Google or your Facebook ID, you choose clicks or conversions and hit go and authorize it. That's it. We'll go get the, our system goes and gets the data, brings it in, trains it, builds it, and releases your audience model probably in about two hours, unless you've got a huge amount of data, and then it's four to six. So yeah. that's, your whole complication is like, do you remember your ID from Google? <laughs> Put it in there and hit yes. So, you know, we really, we really said, let's, we have got to make it as easy as possible, because this is, this is, you know, you can't expect to go to IT for that. The second part of that, though, the benefit of doing that is also we said, all right, we have to make this approachable, accessible and affordable for everybody. And this is a bit of a mission of mine. I do not want to just work. You know, don't get me wrong. I love to work with Fortune 500, Fortune 1000 companies and all that sort of stuff. That's fantastic. But I have this real mission to say, like, this is a tech tool we can all we should all be using and we will eventually. And I just want to make that happen right now. It's a mission of mine. So right. I want a small business to be able to jump on this and get value from it too. So we do have plans that start as low as $299 a month to have their data. Uh, you know, that's three models. And that include, you know, you could use a Google search ad, a search ad model. You could have a Facebook model in that. You could have an analytics model covering your three, you know, key properties like that. Um, and and that's, that's great for a set of answers to get you, yeah. you know, a small business going really fast on these things or even a medium-sized business. Course, it scales up from that and if you need you know analytic services on top of that and our, our ability to help you dive into that data and and understand those insights you know we provide that too but we did want to make sure there's always that accessibility point that every business can afford this and should afford this because it's going to help level them up to their bigger competitors who have the budgets you know hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars to have these these massive systems we want to level them up yeah Absolutely, and that's that's great because it's 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 not it's not too expensive to kind of just to jump on and just and play with a platform and actually get usable data, but you can scale it based off of what you find, which is nice because it gives people the opportunity to not have that barrier of price in that that the the just that barrier of oh my god this is going to be a pain for me to figure out. Um, so making it simple, I think, is, is is definitely key. I think making everything digital simple is something that everyone in our industry should strive to do. <laughs> I, I think so. I mean, we've all we've all seen some of those horrible dashboards that you arrive there and you're like, I don't actually know what to. I don't even know what you're asking me to do when I land on this, or what to start doing, or I don't know what the message you gave me means even. So <laughs> we've all been there. Oh my god, absolutely. I mean, come on, it's it's like I've never seen uh, going through a Google a Google ad account um, with a client, and for the first time, them seeing it and going like just seeing them just detach immediately yeah. as soon as they see the dashboard. Yeah, well, been there, honest, been there many it. times too. Exactly. I, I mean, that's that's. And the sad thing is that's blocking their ability to actually benefit because 
they're not getting, you know, that it's, it's that accessibility that's been taken away. So there's no, there's no desire to dig in there and start learning from it because there's so much value in there, but it's, it's like they're turned off right away. So. And it's interesting too, because the other thing I see is that the other side of that coin is when it's oversimplified, you don't get exactly what you're supposed to get. Like Facebook, I think is oversimplified. People think that they can just go in there and click a couple of demographics and then just throw their ad in and then they're going to get success. And I think that makes it seem too simple. <laughs> so it's kind yeah, of like thing you're in the spot middle. on. We we actually made that. I've made that mistake before too. And in our original product, uh, our first version that we were testing, we oversimplified things, just trying to provide you know something quick and easy. But it didn't get to the. It didn't answer enough of the que- the deep questions of the why questions. Like I need I need more guidance. You know, one of our first um, releases for Google search ads, we would just provide insights of what you should change in your ad, just generally, but. Mm-hmm naturally you know the, the the good marketers out there go no 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 no. this is too general like what what do i need to do in headline one versus my description one or headline one versus headline two versus headline three i have to i have to put good copy in all of those fields or at least two of those three fields you right. know or whatever like i need i need more specific guidance and so we we had we realized quickly like we had oversimplified it because marketers are they're responsive and they're responsible for each of those headlines, each of those descriptions, and they all have to work. They all have to tell the right story for that to be a success. So we realized that we had to give detail on each level of the ad, every, every field and every part of that format in order for them to be making the best decisions they could. Otherwise we were almost like handicapping them with not enough, not enough depth that they could be confident and go, this is, this is where we need to go. Yeah. 